0: Chapter Twelve of Herb of Grace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, BC. Herb of Grace by Rosa Newchett Carey. Chapter Twelve Mr. Carlson's T party if there be a smile on our lips those around us will soon smile and our happiness will become the truer and deeper as we see that these others are happy meter Link. smiles are as catching as tears meter Link. what a sudden change in the atmosphere if a fresh moorland breeze had swept through the little sitting-room at the white cottage it could not have effected a more beneficial change a few words from a brisk cheerful young woman had acted like magic mr carillon lost his harassed look malcolm's bored expression had vanished while cedric's feverant thank goodness we shall get along now was inwardly echoed by his friends malcolm's good humor returned and he gave his undivided attention to the flower borders and enlarged his poetical way on the beauties of the iceland and shirley poppies they are like fine court ladies he observed to cedric they are so smart and dainty and graceful what a charming combination of color your friend carillon must have an artistic eye i expect it was elizabeth's idea returned cedric lazily she is quite gone on poppies she and david are rival gardeners and have no end of discussions my word to listen to them one would think they were a later edition of adam and eve now why did malcolm frown at this boyish speech and drop the subject hastily but cedric only stretched himself with a yawn and went on it is my private opinion that david knows very little about it except what he gets from gardening books but he is so full of hobbies and so energetic and so determined not to be beaten and takes such a lot of trouble that even elizabeth is astonished at the results she comes down here and gives him ideas and then he works them out or he potters about our place and talks to johnson and gets hints that way i never saw such a fellow for picking other people's brains continued cedric enthusiastically why he got a splendid degree at oxford i remember how surprised his own father was carillon has a father then though malcolm was so lukewarm on the subject of the young curate's merits he felt some degree of curiosity about him to be sure he has replied cedric carillon senior is a dry chippy sort of little man as meek as a mouse and as good as gold he is curate in charge of an iron church at Stokeley. it is in the black country you know a regular inferno of a place nothing but tall chimneys and blasting furnaces heaps of slag and rows of miners cottages Stokeley town is a mile or two farther on it is a beastly sort of hole it does not sound an inviting spot certainly well it is not exactly a garden of eden returns cedric with a grin but as david says it has its advantages for one can wear out one's old clothes quite comfortably i believe there is really beautiful country two or three miles away i suppose mr carolgon's mother is living too but here cedric shook his head no she died when david was a youngster consumption i believe and two or three of the children died too but there is one daughter theo they call her for theodora i expect and a precious uncomfortable piece of goods she is malcolm raised his eyebrows in a questioning manner but cedric need no encouragement to rattle on she is a young woman with a mission a sort of female moody and sankey rolled in one and she calls herself the miner's friend she is so full of good works don't you know that she has no time for domestic duties and so on pere and carillon frere have a roughish time of it malcolm's thoughts instinctively reverted to his mother with all her work and philanthropic schemes she was never too busy to see to her household she might neglect her own personal comfort and overtask her willing helper anna but her servants did their duty and were well fed and well managed and they worked all the better for the knowledge that their mistress's keen eyes would detect the slightest laxity my mother is a good woman he said to himself she is true and just in all her dealings and he felt with a sudden pang of remorse as though he had never valued her enough is miss carillon like her brother in appearance he asked the next minute not a bit she would make two of david she is a big red-haired woman not exactly bad looking if she would only set herself off but the carillon's have a family feeling they cling to their old clothes and eschew fashion hush here comes mother pratt with the tea tray Look at her well herrick she is a good imitation of the immortal mrs gumridge and bears a mortified exterior out of compliment to the late samuel pratt sexton and grave-digger and parochial jack of all trades the bumping sounds in the distance that cedric had heard had drawn nearer and the next moment a tall angular woman in a black hat and a suspicion of soap-suds freshly dried about her bare arms entered the room and set down the tea-tray with a heavy sigh as though the burden of life were too hard to bear mr carillon followed her with a crusty loaf and the butter while elizabeth brought up the rear triumphantly with a plate of raspberries and a little brown jug of cream is there anything more you'll be needing sir asked mrs pratt luxuriously she spoke in an injured manner if it had not been washing day i would have baked you a currant loaf or some scones but having only two hands and no chick or child to help me and-oh we shall do very nicely returned elizabeth cheerfully please do not let us hinder you mrs pratt if you will keep the water boiling we can easily replenish the teapot mr carillon looking at him severely you have left the sifted sugar on the kitchen table please go and fetch it mr herrick are you fond of raspberries these are from our own garden johnson gathered them this morning they are just prime exclaimed cedric food for the olympian gods ambrosia and nectar too come along david or there will be none left for you sit down man no one wants you to be waiting on us yes do sit down please observed elizabeth softly and mr carillon slipped at once into the empty chair beside her it really was a pleasant little tea-party and malcolm quite forgot his longing to be back in the drawing-room at the wood house indeed he was in high good-humour and told his best stories quite convulsing mr carillon with his comic ones indeed he made himself so agreeable and entertaining so he threw himself into the spirit of their informal picnic that elizabeth's bright eyes rested on his dark face more than once with marked approval and when they went out into the front garden to wait for the dog-cart mr carillon said to her confidentially your friend improves on acquaintance i thought him a bit standoffish and hidey tidy yesterday but i see now it was only mannerism some people are difficult to know at first returned elizabeth thoughtfully but she also spoke in a lower tone mr herrick is not one of those people who keep all their goods in their shop window there is plenty more of good stuff inside if you only take the trouble to search for it dinah likes him immensely she is getting an empty pedestal ready for him you know my dear old dinah's way bless her and as david knew it well his answer was a merry laugh never had malcolm enjoyed himself more never had he felt less disposed to criticize and find fault and yet miss elizabeth templeton wore the very striped blouse that had excited its ire on the previous evening and her hat was certainly bent in the brim perhaps in her frantic efforts to put up a straggling lock of brown hair that had escaped from the coil and which would perpetually get loose again malcolm noticed at once the ripe rich tint of the brown it is the real thing he said to himself it is the burnish brown of the horse chestnut one seldom sees it it is quite out of the common and then he told himself that he had never seen a face so capable of expression perhaps this was why he watched her so closely when she talked to mr caroline it was arranged that elizabeth should drive back with them in the dog cart and as malcolm took the reins which cedric had relinquished in his favor she mounted to the place beside him while cedric clambered up behind mr carillon looked after them regretfully as elizabeth waved gaily to him the next moment she was pointing out the vicarage to malcolm a gray picturesque looking house standing in a pleasant garden it is not really the vicarage she explained although it goes by the name it used to belong to old colonel trelawney but when he died and mrs trelawney left rotherwood mr sherrington took it it is not large but quite the right size for an old bachelor he has really a grand library and a very good dining-room though the drawing-room is rather a dull room ah there is the vicar and elizabeth smiled and bowed to a tall gray-haired man who was just letting himself in at the gate wait a moment please mr herrick she exclaimed hurriedly i quite forgot i had a message from diana and then as she sprang lightly to the ground mr charrington turned back to meet her and they stood talking for a few minutes hurry up bet or we shall be late for dinner called out cedric impatient at this delay then elizabeth looked up and nodded just one moment more she said breathlessly diana will not mind our being late malcolm did not mind either he sat contentedly flicking the flies from brown becky's glossy sides and listening to the distant cawing of rooks what a peaceful drowsy sort of place rotherwood was the wide village street seemed empty with the exception of a black collie lying asleep in the middle of the road and a patient donkey belonging to a traveling tinker the clean sleek county sparrows were enjoying a dust bath and a long-legged chicken evidently a straggler from the brood was pecking fitfully at a cabbage stalk unmindful of the alarmed clucking of the maternal hen when elizabeth rejoined them the vicar was with her and she introduced him to malcolm mr sherrington had been a handsome man in his youth but a sedentary life and a somewhat injudicious burning of the midnight oil had tried his constitution he had grown pale and thin and his shoulders were slightly round so that he looked older than his years malcolm thought cedric's name of the dr dryadust was not an inapt title his eyes were a little sunken though very bright and keen And his manner was extremely courteous he spoke very civilly to malcolm mr charrington is hardly my idea of a country vicar he observed as they drove away perhaps not returned elizabeth quickly but he is a very conscientious clergyman and his people's welfare is very near his heart he is a great etymologist and archaeologist and at times he is so immersed in his studies that but for the care of his excellent housekeeper mrs finch he would often forget to eat his dinner mr carrion often tells us amusing stories of the vicar's absence of mind could you not remember one of them betty suggested cedric but elizabeth was not to be cajoled into repeating them she respected mr charrington far too highly she remarked to make merry at his expense my friend's oddities are always sacred to me she said quite seriously most people have their own little failings and idiosyncrasies but one need not make copy out of them don't you agree with me mr herrick that there is too little sense of honor in these matters to raise a laugh or to sharpen their own wit many people will expose their best friend to ridicule oh shut up betty remonstrated her brother it is too bad to moralize and after all dr dryadust is a capital subject for sport perhaps so but all the same your sister is right returned malcolm we are a little thoughtless as she says we ought to refuse to give our tongue such license when a friend's crochets and whimsies are in question it is the easiest thing in the world to satirize and caricature you could poke fun at milton or shakespeare if you liked and make them utterly ridiculous don't you hate parodies miss templeton to me they are utterly profane and detestable and the cleverer they are the more i abhor them we think alike there returned elizabeth eagerly i remember that cedric read such capital parodies once on excelsior and locksley hall and i have never been able to enjoy those poems since i have utterly refused to listen to any more Oh interrupting herself, there is Diana on the lookout for us. They caught sight of the trim little figure in gray silk waiting for them in the porch, but if they had been an hour late, Diana would have greeted them with the same kind smile and hoped that they were not tired. That evening they sat out on the terrace again, but to Malcolm's chagrin and disappointment, elizabeth declared that her long day at rotherwood had deprived her of all voice for singing i have been shouting to the children all morning she observed and reading to deaf old women all the afternoon and my vocal cord has suffered and then she challenged cedric to take a stroll with her but to malcolm's vexation the invitation was not extended to him diana has been alone we must not all leave her she said so pointedly that he had no choice in the matter but he was secretly chafed by this treatment for malcolm was one of those men who object to being managed i wonder if Caroline had been in my place if my lady elizabeth would have ordered him to remain behind he thought but diana's first words healed this soreness my sister has kindly made this opportunity for me by taking cedric off our hands she said gently she knew that i wanted a little talk with you about him then malcolm's brief sullenness vanished you shall talk to me as much as you like he said in the most cordial manner and indeed he felt very kindly towards this gentle simple-minded creature i am ready for any amount of conversation on any subject from cabbages to kings then she smiled well pleased at this little joke i want to ask you about these new friends of cedric's she began he seems so full of them and neither elizabeth nor i know anything about them my sister who is certainly not at all a narrow-minded person has taken a most singular prejudice against them do you mean the jacobs my dear miss Templeton? i am sorry to say that i have never met them then diana's face fell it is not surprising of course that many of cedric's friends are unknown to me for we move in very different circles he has been raving about the jacobs all afternoon but all the same i don't seem to focus them properly cedric is going to stay with them next month observed diana they have taken a house at henley for some weeks he is very much excited about it he is so fond of boating and he declares they will have such a pleasant house party but rather anxiously i do wish we could find someone who knew them i should not be surprised if mrs godfrey had come across them she knows everybody diana looked at him in surprise do you mean mrs godfrey of the manor house near cookham she asked colonel godfrey's wife malcolm nodded assent do you know her too what a small world this is after all mrs godfrey is a friend of mine we hit it off capitally on most subjects in my opinion she is the cleverest and pleasantest woman in london then diana fairly beamed i am so glad you like her she is a great favorite of ours elizabeth often stays at the manor house they get on splendidly together and the colonel is so charming. Oh, Mr. Herrick, I am relieved that you mention them. Henley is not far from Cookham, and I should think they must know something of the Jacobs. I will ask Mrs. Godfrey directly. I see her, he returned. I'm going to the manor house next week. Next week? In surprise. I hope you would have stayed with us for ten days at least you are very kind in a tone of regret but my dear lady i fear it is utterly impossible my engagement with the godfrey's is of long standing but i shall only remain at the manor house three or four days my regular holiday comes later i suppose you have already made your plans in a friendly tone yes i have decided not to go abroad this year i have some literary work i do not wish to lay aside and i think of taking up my quarters at the crow's nest where i can combine country air and work then you will be our neighbor and diana's voice expressed such satisfaction at the prospect that malcolm felt quite pleased what a pity cedric will be away most of august the dear boy has so many engagements but malcolm who was extremely truthful did not endorse this regret cedric was a nice enough fellow he thought but he did not always know when he was not wanted and at times his lively chatter was a weariness to the flesh i expect i shall see something of him was all he could bring himself to say but you may depend on me for getting information about the jacobs i am a little curious myself on the subject he added with the frankness that was natural to him and then as the sound of approaching footsteps reached them they mutually dropped the subject end of chapter twelve Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.